Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. quick would you turn to somebody next to you that's seated somewhat close to you and just tell them good morning good morning good morning good morning oh you guys are pretty good at that that's awesome it's great to have you here at hillside this morning because we're going to have an encounter with jesus i hope that gets you a little bit excited uh, my name is eric i'm the lead pastor here and i'm excited to spend time with you today uh, I know that this is coming to the end of summer. We got a lot of people traveling, last minute trips, schools getting ready to start. Um, but you know what? I am glad that you're here with us today. I'm glad that we've got our online audience with us as well. God's going to do some incredible things today. I believe that. How about you? If you're a visitor with us, we'd love for you to stop by our table in the foyer because we've got some free gifts we'd love to put in your hands before you leave today. We do service a little bit different here. And uh, we'll give you an opportunity to give in tithes and offerings at the very end of service. We have a giving box in our foyer, so you can drop your tithes and checks and missions giving and all those kind of things in our box in the foyer at the end of service today. Well, we've been outside doing outdoor services. This is our first Sunday back in. It felt weird not bringing a change of clothes and a ball cap to service this morning, Mike. I don't know. Uh, if, we hear, if we hear horns starting to honk in here, we might be... <laughs> Might be really preaching the message well, um, but we're really excited to be in here this morning and to spend time with you, but most of all, to spend time with God. Uh, we're excited that Wednesday nights will be back starting this Wednesday, so we're excited to jump into Bible study with you, and next week we'll be announcing something really neat that'll be coming uh, to Wednesday nights here in September, and so look forward to that next week. But it has been a while, and I've got my fuzzy little friend here with us to help us with announcements. So let's hear what Jeb has to say today. It's Jive Time with Jeb! Well, hey there, friends. It is great to have you back at Hillside this morning. You guys are excited. Hey, first off, leaders and workers that helped with outside services this summer. The meeting's going to be in the lounge right after church, so scoot, shoot, and boogie out of here over to that room for our 15-minute meeting. Pastor Eric will really appreciate that. 
Now there's one thing that old Jeb here loves, it's our ministry partners. And next week we're going to introduce you to our brand new missionary at the Ripon College. Miss Emma Lurvey will be with us, so woo! We are going to have a humdinger of a time. She'll have a window in the service to tell you all about what she's getting ready to do on the college campus. Be here next Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Well, is there anybody out there that appreciates our worship team? Oh, yeah, they do a tremendous job leading us in worship. Well, we've got a special worship team meeting Sunday, September 11th, right after the worship experience. If you could join us in the sanctuary worship team, that would be great. Now, on Sunday, September 11th, we've got a very special worship experience planned. We're going to have a Hawaiian breakfast right here at Hillside at 9 a.m. And following our breakfast, we're going to go right into our worship experience. It's going to be downstairs on Sunday, September 11th at 9 a.m. Pastor Eric's going to help us in a time of remembrance for our nation. I hope you'll be here September 11th at 9 a.m. We're going to have French toast, baby. It's going to be amazing. Well, I think it's time for worship. Mr. Mike and the worship team are ready to go. So let's do that. Stand up on your feet. It's time to shoot, scoot, and boogie in worship. Today is September 28th, or 828. Do any of you know a scripture verse that is 828? Huh? Romans. Romans 8.28. Great. Let's say it together. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28. Amen. Hallelujah. We'd like to start with that great hymn of the faith today, How Great Thou Art.
some praise in the house of the Lord today.
Jesus is coming again. Amen. Sun 
to the setting same, I will praise your name. Great is your faithfulness to with the people of God. Great is your faithfulness. God has been faithful to you, amen. generations from the rising sun from the rising sun to the setting same I will praise your name Great. we get ready to transition to the hearing of your word the preaching of your word to our kids ministry Lord we just invite your presence here because God, if you are not here, what is the purpose? What is the reason? We want to be in your presence because it's in your presence where hearts are changed, where minds are changed, where the empowerment of your spirit and word happen. So God, I pray right now, Lord, for every person here that Lord, I believe there is something greater you wanna do in their life. There's a word that they need to hear this morning. And God, I pray it would resonate within their bones and their body and their soul that, Lord, you are faithful, that, Lord, what you speak will come to pass. Lord, there are things that you have predetermined that will happen. And God, there are blessings to be had in this room throughout our community and the surrounding area. God, you are not done working. Lord, have your way today. In Jesus' mighty name, and God's people said, amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. Jeb has one last thought for us today. <gasps> Do you know what time it is? It's time for the AG Express Kids Ministry. So at this time, if all the kiddos can get up on their feet and head to the back door with Miss Jackie, we're gonna have a great time down in Kids Church. Let's go! Well, who's ready to hear a word from God today? So like normally, typically at the end of the month, we do do communion. Uh, today we aren't, and there's a reason for that, and that's this. I don't want to just add it to do it. I want communion to be meaningful. And as we prayed about what God was wanting to do today, he was giving very specific instructions to us, and so I'm not going to try to shoehorn something in today. Uh, we will do communion at another time, and we want to make sure that time is special, uh, and it's a time where we can focus really in on that. So today, I want to preach from 1 Kings 18. We're going to take a look at a man named Elijah. For three years, Elijah had hidden himself at the brook of Cherith and with the, window in, uh, in Zipporah, or with the widow in Zipporah. But now he was commanded to show himself to a wicked king named Ahab. But along with God's command was God's promise that he would send rain and end the drought that was stricken, that has stricken the nation for over three years. We pick up in 1 Kings 18, verse 1. After many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, 
go show yourself to Ahab and I will send rain upon the earth. Between verses 1 through 40, there's a showdown that takes place between Elijah and the prophets of Baal, a passage of scripture I've preached on many times. Many of you are familiar with it. This showdown included a a time of prayer where the prophets of Baal would pray for their gods to come down and to light this sacrifice on fire, but to no avail. After hours and hours go by, nothing happened. But then Elijah came on the scene, gave very uh, firm instructions to the people, and with a simple prayer, fire came down from heaven. Boom, consumed the altar. So spoiler alert, God wins in spectacular fashion. I preached on that a lot today, but I want to focus in on that verse 1 and then the verses that pick up in verse 41 today. So let's go there, 1 Kings 18, 41. Of the rush have went up to eat. I prayed this week, Lord, if this is the word that you want me to preach, when I start preaching it, it would rain. Look at that. Let me tell you, the Spirit of God is in this place today. God has a word for you. And he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing And he said, go again seven times. And the seventh time he said, behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And in a little while, the heavens grew black and the clouds with wind. And there was a great rain. And Ahab uh, rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his garments. Other, other uh, versions of this say he tucked in his cloak and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Let me give you some quick commentary on this passage of Scripture. Elijah had announced three years before this that there would be no rain, that the rain would stop, and only by his word would it start again. That's found in 1 Kings 17, 1, one chapter before this. He was referring to the power of his prayers, the word that he spoke to the Lord. It had been a long and disappointing day for King Ahab, talking about the present time. King Ahab and Elijah sent him to his camp to get something to eat. Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel and prayed and asked the Lord to send the much needed rain to the land. Missionary Amy Carmichael wrote, Every day we live, we have to choose whether we should follow in the ways of Ahab or follow in the ways of Elijah. Elijah's unusual posture was almost a fetal position and indicated the prophet's humility, his great concern for the people, and his burden for the glory of the Lord. Unlike the answer to the prayer that he had previously given at the altar, where the fire from heaven consumed it almost instantaneously, the answer to his prayer did not come at once. Seven times Elijah sent his servant to look towards the Mediterranean Sea and report any indication of a storm gathering. Six of those times the servant reported nothing. 
the prophet didn't give up, but prayed a seventh time. And the servant saw a tiny cloud coming from the sea. This is a good example for us to follow as we watch and pray and continue to intercede until the Lord sends his answer. The little cloud wasn't a storm, but it was a harbinger of the rains that were to come. Elijah commanded the king to mount his chariots and return to the palace in Jezreel as soon as possible. We aren't told how he broke the news to Jezebel, his wife, that Baal had been publicly humiliated and declared a false god, and that the prophets of Baal that she once supported had all been slain. But neither the drought nor the famine had brought Ahab and Jezebel to repentance. And it wasn't like the fire from heaven or the coming of the rain would change their hearts. How sad is that? They saw everything God was doing. Still, their hearts remained hard. Soon the heavens were black with clouds and great torrents of rain began to fall on the land. The Lord not only proved that he was the true and living God, but he also put his approval on the ministry of his servant Elijah. Elijah had neither chariots nor servants to drive them, but he did have the power of the Lord. And he ran ahead of Ahab and reached Jezreel ahead of the king, a distance of about 17 miles. Older man, the title of my message this morning is It Sounds Like Rain. Point number one this morning, well, before I get there, you have to understand the symbolism of what's taking place here. For three years, there had been a drought on the land. The people were suffering. They didn't have water. The crops were were diminished. They had had to rely a lot on exports. There wasn't water for a lot of people to drink. They were losing livestock because there was not a supply of water. Where there is no water, things will dry out, die out. And while that was physically happening, it was symbolic of the spiritual condition of Israel and the surrounding communities. There was a spiritual drought taking place. There were still believers. There were still some who believed in God, believed in, in, in that, that the Lord would show up and deliver them. They were small and few and in between. A majority of people had begun to have this hybrid kind of relationship where they still believed in God, but they also worshiped false gods. The land was in serious spiritual drought. And God was not just sending a physical rain here, but he was beginning a spiritual renewal in people's lives. A transformation of the culture. A transformation of a nation. A transformation of community. Point number one this morning is this. The vision always comes before fruition. Fruition has a couple different definitions, but definition number one for fruition is this. The point at which a plan or project is realized. The vision always comes before fruition. Chapter 18 starts out with God saying to Elijah, go show yourself before Ahab and I'll send the rain upon the earth. A promise, a guarantee. God spoke the word to Elijah. But look in verse 41. And Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. Elijah said, it sounds like rain. 
yet there is no cloud in the sky at that time. There was no sign of rain. Not like here when we started saying it and the clouds opened up. The weatherman was not calling for rain. So why did Elijah say it sounds like rain? Elijah had heard a word from God. He had caught the vision of what God was about to do, what he was beginning to do, what he was stirring in, 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 in not only his own heart, but the heart of Elijah and soon to be the nation and the people of God. When we talk about a vision from God, what are we talking about? Well, it's the ability to think about a plan for the future with creativity and wisdom underneath the, the, the spirit of God. The spirit giving us that vision. When you catch a vision from God, it changes you. It does something internally inside of you when you catch a vision of what God is doing. God said it was going to rain. Elijah's spirit could already hear it. He could already hear it. It was almost as if it was already a reality for Elijah. He knew the rain was coming. He knew there was a spiritual awakening coming. He knew that there was going to be a spiritual flowing out from heaven for God's people. Just not a physical rain, but a spiritual rain that was coming. He knew God was up to something, and he was committed to seeing it through. The vision always comes before the reality. In other words, the promise is always given before its fulfillment. But we live in a culture today that is all about mind. When we pray to see what, what we want fit into a box and the paradigms of our own mind. He is bigger than that. And he is ready to start expanding people's lives to show up to say, this is how big I am. I'm bigger than the box you can put me in. I'm much bigger than the box of religion. I've got a relationship that I want with you, and I'm going to blow your mind with what I'm capable of doing in and through your life, in and through your situations. God has promises for you this morning. God has promises for you. God has promises for your family. God has promises for your future. God has promises for our church that have not yet come to pass, and God has promises over our community. But the question we've got to ask this morning is, can we step into the vision of the promise and grab a hold of it until it becomes reality? Because let me assure you of something, the rain is coming. The rain is coming. Just not the physical reign, but the spiritual reign of the kingdom of God. God is up to something. A couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go preach at a different church in the afternoon. It was actually a very neat experience because it was a group of people that were from all different backgrounds, all different church backgrounds, who come together because their relatives, or not relatives, uh, their, their past generations had grown up in the church that we were in building was 168 years old. As I began to preach that day, it was very interesting to me as I thought back on it, especially as I wrote this message. I don't know if I've ever watched people listen to me so intently as that service. And afterwards, people kept coming up and talking to me 
and talking about, wow, that was such an incredible message. That was incredible preaching. This is not about me or my gifts or my talents. Because what I began to realize is that these people were starving. They had never heard the word of God preached with such passion. Under the the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize this morning that there are people in in our community that are getting up, they put on their Sunday best, they go to church, yet they don't understand the presence of God. They've never heard the word of God preached with power and authority underneath the junction of the Holy Spirit. They're dying, they're drying out, they're dried up. But God is about to send some rain to Ripon. And it's bigger than me. It's bigger than our church. God has a plan for our community. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of what God is doing. Point number two, fruition of faithfulness. The second definition for fruition is this, the state or action of producing fruit. And that's what faithfulness brings. Faithfulness produces fruits. I want to draw your attention to two people in our passage today whose faithfulness bore fruit. Verse 42, Elijah went up on the top of Mount Carmel and he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again, seven times. And at the seventh time, He said, behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariots. Go down, lest the rain stop you. Elijah had spoken a word. I'm sorry, Elijah had heard a word spoken by God. There was no sign that anything was, and he kept praying. Had proclaimed through his own word to Elijah and had sealed it in his heart. He knew that this was a promise from God and he was praying till it came to pass. It might sound really easy. We read this passage of scripture and we're like, of course he did that. And we all think that we would do the same, but it's much more challenging than it appears on the surface. I can assure you of that. It's challenging. It's challenging, even though just just moments earlier, he watched fire come down from heaven, consume an altar. Yet here in the moment, he's got to push himself a little bit more to go back to prayer. Did you know that currently, 1,700 pastors are leaving the ministry every month? 1,700 1,700 people are walking away from the ministry every month. There are more people retiring and leaving the ministry than we can replace. We're headed for a spiritual drought. That's worldwide. There's not enough pastors. Our missionaries are continually saying, there are more people, more churches than we have leaders for. In America, we're closing down churches because we don't have people to lead them. There is hunger in our nation. There is hunger in our community. 
Burnout, exhaustion, and a sense of being alone are the leading reasons pastors are leaving the ministry today. Elijah would have been tired. This had been a long day full of ministry. But when he was praying for rain, he didn't see any signs of it. But the one thing was he was not alone. His servant stayed faithful. I'm not sure where this guy came from. We don't know anything about him. But we know this, he stayed faithful. Seven times he was asked to go and see if there were any signs of rain on the horizon. Seven times, he, or six times, he came back. There's not a sign in the sky. But Elijah heard the rain in his spirit. This servant never failed. He never bailed. He never gave up. You know what's discouraging for a pastor? When you catch a vision from God. When you catch a vision from God for his people. When you catch a vision from God for a community, for a church, for what God is wanting to do. But when fulfillment and the promises don't come quick enough for some, and the people bail and walk away. When you hear the voices say, it's never going to happen, and they jump ship. When people are more interested in being entertained by God than they are of serving Him. That discourages pastors. I'm sure that discouraged Elijah. We see it in the following chapter. Sometimes people want to experience a move of God but they don't want to put in the work. We want to be entertained. We want God to give us the, the tickly prickly feeling. And we don't want to do anything with what he does in our life. That's not what God's calling this generation to. Elijah's servant put effort behind his faith. He had seen what God had done earlier that day. He listened to a man who obviously had a vision from God. And he said, I'm committed to this. I will run up this hill and look, at the, look out into the sea as many times as you want me to. This morning, I want to say to you that are here, to rain. There is a spiritual awakening about to happen in our community. The rain will fall. Because I hear the rain. I hear the rain this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness. And I know that some of you have started to hear the rain too. God's doing something new. He's doing something different. There's something changing here and here. You can't even put it into words, but you sense it. You started to hear the rain. I want to say thank you to our church for running and looking at the horizons. And I realize that some days there's nothing there. There's not a cloud in the sky. Some days there's no sign that God's doing something new. But you didn't jump ship. You didn't walk away. You stayed faithful. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to see the reign of God. Hallelujah. Great things have started to happen. And the devil would love to distract us and get us to, to focus on all sorts of things that don't matter in the kingdom of God. 
He'd love for you to look at everything happening in the culture. He'd love for you to look at everything that the news media puts out there. Get so focused on that that you forget that the rain is coming. Church, look at the Bible. Every time it gets the worst, God shows up with his best. God is on the move. And God's promises will be fulfilled. Don't lose your focus now. You've come so far. The rain is coming. And his promises will come to pass. Final point for today. The blessings for everyone. Verse 45 says, In a little while the heavens grew black with clouds and the wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his garment, and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. The rain came down. If you're new to our church, maybe you haven't been with us on the journey, and that's okay. We've had ups and downs. But I want to tell you this morning, if you're a guest here, or if you're recently new to the church, put your life jackets on. We're about to get wet. The rain is coming. Things are about to get really exciting. One of the problems with, I think, with what God is about to do is it's not going to fit into the narrative of what we think revival looks like. There is a segment, especially in the Pentecostal movement and within the Assemblies of God, that views revival as God showing up, and, and for lack of a better word, entertaining us. God's about to do something very different. And I know sometimes we look at historical revivals that happen. We go, oh, look at this, and look at this, and we focus on manifestations. Manifestations are not the sign of revival. Salvations are the sign of revival. People getting saved, going deeper with God, that is the sign of revival. I'm not saying that manifestations will not happen, but I'm saying we've got to stop focusing on that and saying that defines revival. God is calling this generation to something else. The outpouring of rain that is about to happen is not coming for us to lay down and in God's presence. I'm not trying to be offensive. If you've had that experience, fantastic. I'm just trying to tell you what God has told me. God's not looking for people to lay down in his presence and his presence. And I sat in the service and they had an altar call. I went up front. And I remember thinking to myself, God, I just want to experience something. I was in this season where I was so dry. I was young. I was, I was 16, 17 years old. I'd heard the service, got excited, ran to the front. They prayed, started praying for people, praying for people. People came and they prayed for me. I kept waiting, kept waiting, kept waiting, kept waiting. I finally opened my eyes. Every person around me is laying down on the ground. I just began to cry. I'm like, God, what have I done to offend you that I can't have this experience? What is wrong with me? 
people came up to me and they began to say, oh, we need, we need a special pastor to come because, because there's, there's conflict and there's this and there's that. And I, I felt horrible. And finally, nobody, everybody stopped praying for me because nothing seemed to be happening. And I just waited on God and waited on God. And then I heard God whisper in my ear, son, why do you long to lay down in my presence when I've called you to stand in my presence? I need somebody who can do what I'm asking them to do. Not just sit and bask, but to be obedient. It changed my life and it launched me into ministry. A few months later, I would begin to seek an internship to go into full-time ministry because that moment sparked something in my life when I heard God say, it's about obedience. My spirit is meant to empower. We got to stop looking for God to say, look, we want the party. We just want fireworks and we want this, we want this experience. We need transformation more than we need a party. And God's presence and spirit is about transformation. It's about empowerment. Elijah laid on the ground while he was praying. He humbled himself before God. But when the signs of rain were on the horizon, he tucked in his cloak. The power of God fell upon him and he ran to the community. God's calling us to be empowered by his spirit. That's where we're headed in our next sermon series that will launch in just a few weeks as we get into the book of Acts. How do we begin to engage in the power of God to fulfill the calling in your life? God's calling us because the rain is coming. The rain is coming. Our community is going to experience Jesus in ways they've never seen before. Churches in our community are going to catch fire Pastors who have been dry and never experienced the presence of God and the Spirit of God are going to find themselves going to the pulpit on a Sunday morning and being overpowered by the presence of God to preach in ways like they've never experienced before. How do I know it? Because I hear the rain on the horizon. I hear the rain coming. And it is changing my life. It's changing my ministry. Whether you believe me or not, I'm going to tell you this morning, the rain is coming. The rain is coming. And God is about to bring revival to our communities. I don't often talk this way. I knew when it started raining this morning that this was coming to pass. This morning I got up, but I've been praying all week for that. And I thought to myself, you know, maybe I'll have Anthony throw on some rain soundtrack in the background. We, we can manufacture something. And I felt so convicted by the Holy Spirit. It's like, you prayed, if this is the word from me, that I would show up and do this. Do not manufacture something. Let me show you who I am. Coming this morning, Robbie. For just a minute, church, if you'd close your eyes. And you just let go of everything that's going on in your life right now, just for the moment. There are people in this room you have heard promises from God. For you, for your spouse, for your kids, for your grandkids, for this church, for this community. 
Just because that promise has not been fulfilled yet does not mean that God is late or he has forgotten. He has not. God has a promise for you today. He is not done working in your life. And for some of you, it has seemed like a dry, barren period of time. You've been going through a drought. It's not a matter of, of lack of faith. It's just, it's just been a dry season. We go through that sometimes, and it feels like it's been one thing after another without relief. Your Father loves you this morning. And his promises will come to pass. No one's looking around here this morning. But if God has spoke, spoken a promise to you that has not been fulfilled yet, would you stand to your feet this morning? Because we are about to pray for you and for that promise that God has spoken into your life. Don't hesitate. Stand to your feet right now. You know God has spoken a promise into your life. For some, it's a promise of healing. For some, it's a promise of restoration. For others, it's a promise of what He is going to do in your family, what He's going to do through this church, what He's, what he's going to do in our community, at your workplace. For, there's so many promises this morning. Lord, this morning, God, we lift our hands as a sign of saying it's bigger than we are. That God, your word is true and your promises come to pass. As long as the promises we think we've heard from you are grounded in the word of God, they will come to pass. God, I pray for those this morning who have experienced a drought, the sense of drying up, a sense of, of, of just barely holding on, that this morning that they would begin to experience the refreshing power of your presence, your spirit, and the word of God. They would never be the same. God, we lift up our community to you this morning. We need a rain from the kingdom of God. We need a spiritual awakening. We need transformation. God, we're not asking for fireworks. We're asking for your presence and empowerment. We're asking that the gospel would be preached effectively like never before across our community. We're praying for our pastors and our leaders here in Ripon and surrounding communities that, Lord, they would catch a vision of who you are. That, God, you would rule and reign over this community that you would spark a fire Lord we lay down our lives in service to the king Lord we need you and Lord we, will, we want to stay faithful we want to stay in the fight we want to stay in the game because, God, we believe that the rain is coming. And God, I pray for every person here or watching online, we would begin in our spirit to hear the rain. There may not be coming that there is over our city. But that we might be changed, transformed, 
equipped with your spirit and the word of God that we may lace up our shoes and run to this community in service and faithfulness to the King. God, we give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. Last night, the youth group got together and Adrian and Hannah did a great job and Adrian started talking about our turkey out here. You, have you seen the turkey? I know we've talked about him a lot. He was at work again this morning trying to get people to come to church. And as Adrian was talking to the teens, he said something I think very prophetic. It was kind of silly, but don't let that turkey outshine your witness for Christ. He's out there blocking traffic, and I don't know. I don't know if it's under the Spirit of God or he's just a crazy turkey. I don't know. But I keep watching him when I'm coming to work, and he sits there right at our entrance sometimes stopping vehicles. And I got to wonder sometimes if God's trying to use that turkey to go to get people's attention. There's something that you need to hear. Church, God has greater things in store for us. Not for our own entertainment, man, to see our, our community changed and transformed. Worship team, if you'd come up, we're going to go back into worship here in just a moment. You can be seated. Because I want to share one more thing. We've been given an opportunity to serve our community on the 17th. Mandy was here last week and shared from her perspective. I think it's kind of cool to see both of our stories end up tying together on how that took place. But on the 17th, our community is doing an event called Rippin' Fest. It focuses around a car show and a cornhole tournament that will take place. Uh, if you're familiar with, with Rippin' at all, it kind of goes all the way from a little bit past the Village Green, all the way down by the movie theater and police station. That's all going to be uh, part of this celebration that our community is doing. And our community has asked for our help. Um, our city really wants to truly be a community. They want to see people begin to come back together and do life together. And I want to be a part. I want to tuck in my cloak, put my shoes on, and go serve our community. And I hope that you'll come serve with us. So on September 17th, we've got a whole bunch of stuff that we're going to do. Uh, we've been asked by the city if we would put on a kids' carnival. Um, and so we're still in the process of working all this out bring this many organizations together, there's a few details that got to get worked out. But currently what it looks like is we're going to have two separate teams, uh, one that's smaller that'll be up on the Village Green, um, that'll be helping with inflatables and nine square in the air, and then down kind of by the movie theater area, we will have our kids carnival uh, with several different pop-ups and tents. And so here's where we've got areas for people to serve. On that Saturday morning at 6.30 a.m., 
uh, and I know that's early, but they would love to have help putting barriers, trash cans, and signage out. So that's available for early birds at 6.30 a.m. At 7 pence, I'll use some pickup trucks. A lot. We then need two different groups to help us run the carnival all day long. So one group is from 9 to noon. The other is from noon to four. And we only have a couple sign-up slots, but listen, we need as many people as we'll, we will take as many people as possible. We need help. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be me and Jackie and my wife. And, and, and Sunday, we're just going to, we're going to look like Elijah laying on the ground up here. So we need some help. All right. And then after, after that last shift, somewhere between three and four, we've got to, we've got to tear down, clean up and transport all that stuff back to Hillside. And that's what it might look like if enough of you don't come and help us, all right? We don't want that. Um, so there's some opportunities for, for you to serve there. There's a couple other opportunities, too, that are coming up on September 11th. Uh, we're going to have breakfast downstairs, and then we're going to go right into our worship experience downstairs. Uh, we're going to serve breakfast, but we could use a couple people that would be willing to make egg bakes or a quiche. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet for that in the foyer as well. So there's opportunities for everybody to serve. And listen, I know some people may be like, I can't lift anything. I can't do any of that. But you know what you could do? You could start walking our streets and praying like Elijah prayed for rain. I don't know what will take place that day. But I know this. I plan to represent Jesus. I want to serve more diligently, more faithfully than anybody else because I don't just serve our community. I'm serving Jesus. And I hope that you'll come out and serve with us. And I know, I know, culturally in this church, we don't like sign-up sheets. I don't know what that's about, but look, you can do this today, all right? If you're planning to help us that day, please sign up so that we know and can come up with a plan. And if all the blanks are filled, still sign up. Say, hey, yeah, I'm coming. I'm a part of this. I'm all in because I hear the rain. Amen? Let's do this before we leave. Mike's going to close us in prayer in a minute, but let's end in worship today. How many believe God's met us here? Okay, well, five of us believe that. Uh, No, come on. If you believe God met us here today, if he had a word for you, come on. Stand to your feet, church. God has a word. His reign is coming. And his faithfulness to you knows no end. So let's, before we leave here and before we're dismissed by Mike, let's worship together one last time today. Mike, would you lead us again? Faithful through the ages is the God of Abraham. God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant, of faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you do just what you said. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you.
voice. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire, the darkest night. You are close like no other. I know you as a father. something get a post-it note three by five card put today's date on it august 28 2022 stick it on your fridge put it on your bathroom mirror because the day is the day today is the day where god said he will fulfill the promises that he's given to this church and to you and your pastor is praying for you. God's promises are on the way. I hear the rain. And I'm going to keep looking to the horizon 
because the clouds are coming. Amen. As you leave today, please remember there's a sign up in the foyer. Please sign up for those areas of service. We're also going to have a meeting for those who helped with setup and leaders for our outdoor service. We just want to recap the season, uh, be able to just put all that stuff down on paper while it's fresh in our mind. We're going to meet in the uh, lounge area in five to 10 minutes, and the meeting won't be more than 10, 15 minutes maximum, but probably just 10 minutes. Thank you so much for service. And again, church, thank you for sticking with us because the ride is about to get really fun. It's about to get amazing. Mike, would you close us in prayer today? God, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. And as the psalmist said in Psalm 122:1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. God, we thank you for the word and the confirmation of the word this pastor shared with us. We thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for your presence. Keep them and make your face shine upon them. We pray in Jesus' name as God's goodness goes after them. Your goodness. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. Thank mm-hmm. you.